Welcome to episode 30 of the Horror Dads Podcast. I am Jamie, joined by... John, what's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going? So good. 30, we... we this is kind of a milestone, I guess, yeah? Sure. So what we're going to play off our very recent episode where we covered uh, horror franchises, and what are we doing today, man? So if you're a Patreon subscriber, our next Horror Moms episode is going to be a continuation of the franchise uh, discussion. Yep, for with sure. our wives, uh, some of their favorite horror franchises. Uh, so we're going to wrap that all up here with a nice tidy bow, and we're going to do some movies that we think should have been franchises. Yeah, so we're, we're going with the solo films that uh, we thought were really good that could have could have used a sequel but never got one. And we're going to get creative with it too, so we're going to talk about... Um, those films that uh, should have had a sequel, but we're also going to talk about what that sequel would have been uh, if it ever came to existence. So we made some taglines and some plot points of what those would be. I actually picked a few actors I think should be in the sequel. So. Oh, yeah. So this was this was a I was like smiling at my uh, desk in the basement prepping for this episode. Just like I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, it was a fun idea. Um, it was a lot harder to pick movies than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I had some right off the top of my head. And then I started looking uh, like at my Blu-ray shelf, and I was like, hmm. Yeah. God, oh, oof. Yeah. So we can hit some runners up maybe at the end yeah. uh, to not spoil. Before we get into the actual episode content, though, we're going to do our, you know, our normal introductory stuff for the next 10 minutes or so, and then we'll get into our films. The nitty-gritty. So we each picked three. Um uh, franchises that should have been uh, and we had to collaborate in advance to make sure there was no duplication yeah. but before we before we do that we'll do our standard stuff um, we can start off by again making mention of our Patreon so we launched a Patreon um, a few weeks ago and we've got two really fun tiers we've got a $5 tier and a $10 tier um, and we have some new patrons to welcome so we actually we welcomed our our first round of patrons last episode. Yeah. Yep. But given who's next? The length of that episode, it was kind of in haste and it was very quick. Uh, so we can recap those. Sure. Uh, yeah. We'll just recap everybody, I guess. So our um, our new patrons are Kevin Esposito, who is a uh, a friend and follower follower of ours. So Kevin, thank you for joining, man. Um, we know you'll appreciate the con- content. Uh, Michael Kennyhurst, also a friend and follower of ours, and um, actually my my music writing partner. So he's a wonderful yep. human being. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate you coming in. Um, Travis Davis, uh, who we we met some some time along the way, and just super nice guy. We've uh, had some exchanges with him on Patreon and and on Instagram, and he uh, you know he follows us and he's always responding to stuff. So Travis, welcome. Thank you, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, Travis. Thank you. And um, last but not least, we've got Gabe Reasoner, who is the frontman singer for a band that Jamie and I have come to absolutely love and adore called Careful Gaze. <clears throat> he's going to be on the show too, right? Yes, he's going to be on the we show. We did a prelim chat with him. Love that dude. Yeah, uh, end of March. But that band, you know, in, in preparation for the episode, we're going to post about it on social media, but Careful Gaze is the name of the band. Uh, they're from up in Minnesota. And the music is incredibly inspiring, emotive, socially relevant. It's fucking amazing. Um, we love that band. 
and we love you, Gabe. So thank you for joining. Um, and we'll just hit the the other five uh, folks that had already joined. Matt Pepler, we mentioned. Eliza Morris, we mentioned. Matt Bowman, we mentioned. Our buddy Michelle, um, Two Meter Maniac, uh, we mentioned, as well as Adrian Chilpa, um, Papa Wizard. We love all you guys. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, guys, honestly, thank you so much. Also, so, real quick, Careful Gaze, the new EP, Loud, Howls the Eternal Wolf. Yes. So fucking good. And I'm not just saying this to blow smoke. I mean... It is so fucking good. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into the story as to how I creepily reached out to Gabe, and he was kind enough to respond um, when we when we interview him. Uh Jamie's wife is actually just sitting here with it's us. It's like a live performance. <laughs> Sorry, we're distracted. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie's wife, also known as my sister. Uh, but uh, yeah, kind of rum and coke. Mm. Yeah, out of my sweet glass. <laughs> out of my Freddy glass. Uh, okay, so again, if you're not a patron, uh, please consider Fuck joining. You. Yeah, if you're not a patron, <laughs> hang up. No, uh, we've got a five dollar tier, ten dollar tier. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Horror Dads. Do Check not out. feel obliged yeah. to join, but join. <laughs> so, Jamie, what have you been watching, man? Uh, so, I did the Valentine shit, my bloody Valentine, both of them, a little too much. I always like because we only have like those three Valentine's films, really. I just watched watch them way too much. It's yeah. like having a Halloween. Uh, like three movies that you watch for Halloween time, you yeah. know, just rewatching them. Uh, but like I watch those till the very bitter end, you know, like I'm going to sleep on Valentine's night. It's on, and we exploit every holiday to the fullest. Which one do you think you watch the most of those three? Definitely Valentine this year. Valentine, yeah, yeah. Mine is always. I feel like every year the original. Since I got, <clears throat> I got that Blu-ray, the Scream Factory Blu-ray release last year of the original, My yeah. Bloody. I watch it just way too much. Yeah, uh, but it's I so good. It. Yeah, and that remake. You and I both love the remake. Yeah, big time. My boy uh, Jensen Ackles in it. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, the other dude, Jared Padalecki. Yep. Was in the remake of Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. And Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Well, of course <laughs> we can't forget that. <laughs> the the true horror. <laughs> uh, but I watched this uh, movie last night. I fell asleep. This is my movies I fell asleep to segment. It's called The Dark, <laughs> and it's from 1979. This is one of those movies where. So I woke up at 3:30 last night, laying horizontally on the bed, because it was one of those fully clothed. Like I I put the oh, kid to bed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I put my youngest kid to bed, he makes me stay in my room. So I like laid down real quick, woke real up at quick, 3.30 a.m., yeah. yeah. Um, and then I put this movie on, like, oh, I'll fall right back asleep. Watched way too much of this at fucking shitty movie. Yes. Oh, dude, you probably felt like It was shit. like 4, 4, no, no, I feel great. No, let me tell you, you how you feel. you fall asleep to the dark, you're going to feel great. <laughs> um, this movie's about like an alien night stalker, essentially. Yeah. So like the night stalker, but it's an alien. Who shoots you with his laser beam eyes, which is the worst fucking shit you've ever seen. Little Halloween 3 in there, too. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, the guy, like, the main protagonist is the douchiest fucking, like, you will not believe that this guy is, like, a hero. Because the whole time you're like, you are a fucking creep. <laughs> How about you, man? What have you been watching? Uh, well, I, I, as well, just was running through the gamut of those few Valentine's Day horror films. So really got into that, and then also Hatchet. Um, we tried to do a run through, uh, but had some technical issues 
Um, I actually haven't even told you this yet, but we can't use that file. We shouldn't. So, uh, As we were making that, I was like, this is suck. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, we were having some technical issues. <laughs> but we watched through Hatchet because it was actually Mardi Gras. And um, yeah. that film takes place on Mardi Gras, so that was a lot of fun. And then I watched through um, the Fangoria uh, Shutter film Porno, uh, which is it's a fun one. I have it in my queue. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Worth watching? Yeah, for sure. It has a, a innkeeper sort of vibe. Some, it's like an indie horror film. Yeah. Honestly, I was worried that my wife would see it on my watch list. She'd be like, oh, Jamie, watch another porno, huh? <laughs> you fucking creep. Yeah. So. What are you wearing, man? Uh, oh, this. So last week I wore this. It was the first time I'd worn it, like in general. And it was the shirt. He's uh, sl- so slowly unzipping it. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. And I wore it last week. I was like, all right, I'll get my Toxic Coffin uh, shout out. This is the Night of the Comet yeah. Toxic Coffin shirt. Um, and last week we did the Battle of the Franchises with Human Furnace. And you were like, well, we're not going to do our normal what you've been wearing this week. And I was like, oh, God. Well, we had a big episode topic. Yeah. yeah. So you instantly so came I home with laundry. Yeah, it's still yeah. dirty. <laughs> I've been wearing Just it for like a week. so sweaty <laughs> from that franchise battle. Yeah. That was a fun episode. Yeah, how about you? I Looks have, like you have a throwback yeah, on. Yeah, dude, I've got a really old original, and uh, this is my Stay Evil t-shirt uh, from Cavity Colors, so this shirt's probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old at this point. Um, I'm wearing the hoodie. Yeah, That Jamie's is not colored. Yours is brightly colored. Still, the color still holds. Yeah. Before we started the episode, we did like a reverse hug, where like you hugged like, the me, back of me. And let me make sure so that touch our patterns. tattoos touch, yeah. and that our, uh, yeah. So, this is a... My a, wife is packing her shit right now and leaving. The only place she has to go is my house, though, <laughs> yeah. so... <laughs> uh, yeah. What have you been buying? Or what oh, have you been so, getting gifts of? Yeah, so yeah. I actually, my beautiful wife, who's staring at me, got me a couple uh, much-needed Blu-rays. I got uh, The Blob. From the 80s. Everybody needs. Yep. yep. Johnny Drama. Um, yeah, our boy with the, the world's best mullet. Uh, also, the witch, the vitch, yeah, which is a perfect one to always just have in your collection, and then us, which we have on in the back, which we're watching right now. Jordan Peele, Jordan classic. Peele, so good, man. Uh, but also, I hit up that fucking uh, Scream Factory sale last week. Yep, I hit it up a little bit too hard. Oof. I did one of the John Schuler moves. Yeah, where it's I like, like if you're heavy. Spend twenty, like, well, why not you know, spend eighty? It's a sale. I yeah. mean. If I can get 13 ghosts for so what'd fucking you buy? 75% off, I'm doing it. I was um, making fun of that, by the way. 13 ghosts. Katie was making fun of that as well. Fuck you both. Uh, 13 ghosts. The collector's edition. Candyman. Which is like $8.99 for Candyman. Scream Factory. Fuck. And then uh, Day of the Dead, I think. You I think? I think that was my third one. I, w- I went back and forth on here. my third one and I can't remember which. I think it was Day of the Dead. I mean, those you? are great picks. Yeah. I, so Jamie and I had a Super Bowl bet that we couldn't cover last episode. So I bought you a gift. Um, it's related to that sale. Uh, so you'll see, hopefully, in, before Was it the Critters collection? <laughs> sure wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like 36 bucks. I was eyeing that up. And then I also hit Guess up. Guess who's in Critters 3? <laughs> I also hit up the Matt Pepler new t-shirt design he has that class of 1978 Haddonfield tee which is fucking sweet so I bought that and I also got one for my stepmother 
because she and I love Halloween so much together, and I gave that to her for Valentine's Day, and um, she was really into it. Your stepmother watches the original Halloween more than anyone I know. Uh, Family Antic, I've got a really funny one. Cool. Yeah, let's hear it. So it's not exactly horror-related, but it is like (laughs) media-related. But I was uh, eating breakfast, catching up on emails the other morning, sitting there, and I heard a discussion between my six-year-old and my three-year-old, and I heard my six-year-old trying to explain to my three-year-old the fact that, like, cable was on, and they couldn't modify what they were viewing at that moment. And my three-year-old kept, like, asking, like, no, like, fast forward, like, go to the next one, or, like, fast forward, and family was like, um, so, like, you, you don't decide what you're looking at, it's just, it's on, and, um, you can't stop it. Uh, and it, and whatever happened, and she was, like, going through the, basically describing cable to somebody yeah. who's growing up in a cableless it's world. Not, this TV is not touchscreen, yeah. essentially. And I just, I was, like, letting them work through it, and I was just laughing uh, quietly to myself uh, listening through it, but I realized the generational, you know, difference there and the fact that our media is so customized and we can pick whatever we want. And I mean, those two want. girls are three years apart. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how quickly technology is... Yeah. taking over in different forms it's nuts so i i thought it was really funny and, and worth sharing because yeah. it's relevant to totally worth sharing with no horror involved cool john um what do you so get, man? for the so i took my son was off school friday and saturday or friday saturday god damn it friday and monday uh he had like a long weekend so i took those days off as well um so friday instead of spending the day with my son I shipped him off to the other room with his iPad, and Katie and I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 together. Uh, and Katie would never watch this fucking movie, but because I was off, and uh, she watched it with me, and it was it was great fun. Uh, we had a good time, and then I talked her into watching uh, Dream Warriors with me as well. I just was talking about that with you. Yeah. You were talking about rapid eye movement sleep, yes. and I was like, you've been watching Dream Warriors lately? And you're like, like, actually, yeah. I have. <laughs> Don't budge into my family antic, bud. Uh, but yeah, so we did that and it was a lot of fun. Very rarely do her and I get a chance to sit down and watch a movie. And when we do, she will not let me watch a shitty eighties horror film. Uh, so this time I got to do that. It was, uh, it was a blast. There's so Texas Chainsaw 2, there's a lot of just screaming in that movie. Like there is a lot. No one talks. They're always uh, just yelling. Everybody. And then towards the end there, there is just an obscene amount of chainsaw sounds (laughs) Uh, with Dennis Hopper with a dual fucking, but it's funny because I always look at that movie as just like slapstick almost. Like, uh, that's just too silly. Think of the way it starts with that guy with those fucking glasses. I know. Yeah. Just the most ridiculous fucking dude. But Katie was like, oh my God, this movie's so fucked up and intense. And I was like, yeah, I guess underneath all the humor, it really is. Like, it really is like, ugh. But when God. you watch the original versus that one, like, that's, like, going on vacation. Dude, I know. No, I know. <laughs> it goes from, like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what you think of, to, like, fucking uh, yeah. Revenge of the Nerds or something. <laughs> but fucking Chop Top was Katie's least favorite when he's fucking with the uh, clothes hanger and then eating the... F- oh, Ugh, God yeah, dude. damn. Gross. Oh, so fucking gross, man. So gross. And Bill Mosley is so good. For sure. Um, I think that wraps up our intro stuff, but... A couple 
quick things we probably want to mention before we start as well. I know we talked about Patreon, but we have some other exciting stuff going on. Um, this week, we basically wrapped up and finalized our website. So we will be launching our website hopefully here in the next week or two. Yes, yeah, super and, exciting. Um, the intent of the website is not only just another interaction point with us, but also uh, we're going to be selling merch. So we are going to do the kind of home production of this stuff. Um, we've got a local vendor here, but we've got so many wonderful contacts from this podcast, really, uh, that are great graphic designers and artists, and we're sort of all crowd crowd producing this, and we're going to have a platform to, to sell merch. So that's really exciting, and we're working through that now. Uh, so we're going to launch a pre-order here in the next couple of weeks. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, so that way you can get your Horror Dads merch, and it'll be great. Um, I think we're starting off with, uh, we were going to do t-shirts, but we're just doing like underwear, right? Like tidy whities Horror Dads on the butt cheeks. It's just Jamie's face on the front, my face on the back. Yeah. <laughs> I have my tongue sticking out, so be, oh be, be, beware. Um. And then the only other thing we want to mention, too, is if you love the show, please do jump onto Apple Podcast and give us a review. Um, it helps us get found for other people that also might love the podcast. And Yeah, like leaving a five-star review is enough, but leaving a comment is a bonus. Yeah. So and if you want to get on your friend's phone and say, like, hey, let me see your phone real quick. You know what? Uh, we'll read the... If there's a comment between this episode and next, we'll read it out loud. So. Ooh, that's incentive. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Punch it in, folks. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's go. All right, here we go. Get your popcorn. Here come the franchises that should have been. All right, do you want to... Could have been, would have been. Do you just want to volley back and forth? Yeah? Yeah, you go first. You want me to go first? I feel like you're more prepared than me, so... I actually, I think I over-prepared and you yeah. might be mad. No, that's fine. Yeah. Because I, I, I actually and you're going to do that thing where when I go, up. you're going to be like, that's it? You done? You good? That was short, but... uh. Okay. So, we're going to each discuss the original film, and then we're going to kind of outline the sequel that never was, right? Here we go. See, John doesn't do any of these pre-prep things with me. Yeah, he's got these fucking no, I, typed up notes. I told him earlier I was really enjoying this. Yeah, but this. the thing John does is he won't tell me exactly what we're doing, and then he'll come in and he'll go, Okay, guys, here's my checklist of items. <laughs> I told you, tagline? Yeah, cool. J okay. Let's hear it, bro. Okay, so my first film is 1989's Intruder, which Ooh. we did a watch-through episode of. Good evening, all my leg shoppers. It's closing time. The store will be closing in 15 minutes. But the night crew still has work to do. Oh my God, we're going to get in so much trouble. Because there's one last customer who isn't satisfied. No, this creep keeps calling you. He's driving us nuts. Leave me alone. He wants to slash their prices. Who's there? He wants to cut their inventory. You're crazy! In fact, he wants to chop until they all drop. All right, so Intruder, 1989, directed by Scott Spiegel, starring Elizabeth Cox, Renee Estevez, Dan Hicks, Bruce Campbell, the Raimi brothers. Um, for those that haven't seen this movie, Brief synopsis, uh, basically like a, an overnight stock crew of uh, locals that work at a supermarket find themselves being stalked and slashed by a mysterious maniac killer. Uh, but 
as you go through the film, you find that this supermarket is for sale, right? And it's a whodunit, so it's like, oh, is this part of the motivation? And you've got this creepy dickard named Craig who's, like, a crazy ex-boyfriend, and, like, they're red herring the hell out of him right off the bat to start the film. So you're just, like, you're trying to figure it out the whole time, and there's not a lot of plot depth or points, um, but that's the basic landscape. Um, so the the film centers around this closing supermarket, um, and these these uh, kids are you know stocking shelves and shit. But the kills in this are so like this this movie is oh, really about dude. Yeah, the, it the takes kills. a little bit to get going, which is funny because. Once it gets going, once it gets like... going, it's it's nonstop uh, gore. But you and I, as we always discuss, we love the beginning of this movie as well, as much as we Whole do. Thing. Yeah. yeah. But oh, dude, I've K and B effects. I would love a sequel, so I'm excited to see where you go with this. You know what's funny is I read that the um, the MPAA uh, eliminated like five minutes of footage from this film. <laughs> And they were scram- Makes sense. They were scrambling to get it to ninety minutes, yeah. Already, and the MPA MPA was like, um, "No, no, we gotta." Yeah, because they're like, some oh, man, "This is a small grocery store. How are we gonna fill this time?" In? <laughs> but the setting is everything in this movie. Yeah. Um, the vibe is everything. The practical effects are everything. So it's it's really enjoyable. Love it. So uh, also, this movie sets up perfectly for. Fucking sequel slash franchise because I agree, the killer kind of gets away. He kind of gets away yeah. at the end. So I, <laughs> I named the sequel Intruder Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not not a creative. Oh, name. there's nothing after that. Just Intruder. Just 2? Intruder Two. Oh God, John. But my tagline. So I can fucking take a nap. Listen, my tagline is clean up on aisle murder. Ooh. Okay. Or I wrote a second one, which is. Prices aren't the only thing being slashed. That's the better one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta so, say it in your movie guy voice, though. Prices aren't the only thing being slashed. They're, okay. You went a different route with it. I would have gone, yeah. prices aren't the only thing being s- slashed. Hmm. That was much better until you hitched <laughs> there. I know. I fucked up. God damn it. All right. So here's my plot. <gasps> here's my plot. All right. Ready? So retired police officer Jeffrey <laughs> Howard, played by Bruce Campbell. Okay. It was in the original. Oh, God, the names. So he's inherited a dilapidated real estate portfolio. Oh, my God. What? Come on. Just listen. Listen. From a distant uncle in Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay? Ugh, if I read this synopsis, I'd be sleeping already. Listen. Well, come on. Officer Howard comes to find that all these assets are in disrepair, and they all need demolished. So it's going to cost him a shitload of money. Okay. So, okay. instead, but he finds one asset that's in decent, decent uh, shape, and it's an abandoned grocery store. Mm, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So he decides that to kind of like defer the cost of having to like liquidate all these other broken down things, that he's going to remodel, reopen, and then sell this grocery store to turn a profit. Okay, gotcha. We're talking Bruce Campbell. Okay, so. He doesn't know anything about real estate. He's, you know, he's a retired cop. Um, he doesn't know anything about managing projects like construction projects. Uh, so he hires the family that used to run the grocery store to help in reopening it. But one by one, the hired help began to fall off. A very, very thrilling whodunit. 
Okay. So that's the basic premise of the movie. Okay. So the set, the setting, um, we take. I think the original was filmed what in California? We found. Yeah, but I think it was supposed to be what Michigan. Yeah, because uh, Scott Spiegel worked, I think, in the meat yeah, factory yeah. at a, a place in Michigan. So we're gonna head south a little. So the setting's gonna change, but it's gonna be like I had in mind, like a very dusty, gritty sort of photography, similar to, like the remake of Friday the Thirteenth. Huh. Yeah, it's gonna be sweaty. It's gonna be hot. Uh, they're down in Biloxi, Mississippi, right? What, what year is this coming out? Not long after the original, or no? No, this is like if you know tomorrow. Oh, this is like this year. Current yeah. day, yeah. Being yeah. released on HBO Max and in theaters. Exactly, yeah, it's yeah. going out on HBO Max. Gotcha. Um, so that's kind of like the the setting. That's the tagline, the synopsis, and then the cast. Obviously, you have Bruce Campbell yep. coming back. So um, Bruce Campbell is the main dude in this one? Yeah, he's going to be our main character. Yep. So the killer from the first one is non-existent. Well, you don't know. Well, it's a long time after. Well, I wrote the end. I got you. I just you. haven't read yeah. it yet. So Understood. It might be. You don't want to might spoil not it. Yeah, I don't. yeah. Also, I want my royalty check gotcha. when someone takes yeah, this idea. Yeah. Um, but So Bruce Campbell will be the main. Then we'll have young kids and some the like old, craggy, fucking former owner is going to be someone like... Uh, I don't know. We'll find someone good for that is the role. In, is the, like, is it going to be the same premise, essentially? Not the greasy boyfriend coming about, but I mean, like, just kids working to get the Basically. store stocked up. Kind yeah. of the reverse. Instead of yeah. de-stocking, you're kind of... Because in the first one, it's like, closing. we're selling this thing off to, uh, to you know, corporate America or yeah, whatever. Yeah, liquidating. And, yeah. In, this, in this case, it's sort of the inverse, right? So it's like... You're go- yeah, so it's yeah. it's the infinity symbol. I got you. So, uh, and the fun thing that Jamie and I were talking about, too, is like the intro song to each film. Yeah. Or like a song that would play in the movie. What do you have going? <laughs> so, I found this song called Too High for the Supermarket by a 90s band called The Uninvited. Oh, my God. And it's basically about these guys that get stoned and then try and go <laughs> shopping go? in the supermarket. Can you sing it? Well, I'll, it's going to play right here. Oh. Fucking hilarious. Nice, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Um, but yeah, so that's my first pick. We're talking Intruder 2. Right. I love it, Creative dude. Creative title. Yeah. No, I love it. Uh, I actually was thinking about that as well, and I was like, well, we talk about Intruder a lot, so I don't want to... But no, it's perfect. All right, so my movie is going to come out in 2016, 10 years after the original came out, and it is going to be called Back Behind the Mask, Oof. Leslie Has Risen. <laughs> Leslie has Vernon. <laughs> uh, so the original movie was called uh, Behind the Mask, uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. The boy murdered Silas, buried his body in the field, and dragged Molly from the house, hanging her in the farm's apple orchard. <laughs> fantastic movie just absolutely love this film 
Uh, so it's essentially about a kill. The, so the movie takes place in the world where the three main slashers actually did exist: Freddy, Jason, uh, Michael, and he kind of looks up to them. This guy, Leslie Vernon, his goal in life essentially is to have the big slasher moment. Uh, but you get kind of behind the scenes look at it. Uh, it's not all movie effects and. You know, the, he kind of has to do a lot of preparation to make everything kind of fall into place to get these 11 kids, you know, murdered. Yeah, and it's like a documentary style if you haven't seen the film. Um, so there's a college student who's doing a documentary film for her, like, final project. And it's funny because, like, everybody's culpable in the fact that Leslie Vernon's a serial killer. And he's like, yeah, I'm letting you into my world so you can see my preparation, you can see my process. <laughs> and it's it's very, like, meta kind of self-aware which is fun uh but and it it definitely has moments of like not found footage but it's like hand camera and then it has like really refined moments with good photography and fucking great and yeah robert england's in it and i love it um so this one the tagline is going to be leslie is back behind the mask so it's leslie is back dot 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 Correct. Yep. Cool. Good. 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 Um, all right. So this one starts with the intro song is going to be "Psycho Killer" by the Talking Heads, which is kind of how they come out yeah. of the last one. They're going to come in to this one. Uh, so it's ten years later. If you remember the way the first one ends, at the very end of the credits, Leslie Vernon is like charred because he got burnt up there at the end, laying on the table, charred with the. He's like in the autopsy like watching, room. Yeah, yeah, you're watching through like a security camera. Uh, the guy who kind of checks him in is doing paperwork, has his back turned, and at the very end of the credits, Leslie Vernon sits up, charred and black, and uh, that whole time they're like psycho killer. Yes, it's playing. Yep. Yeah, so fucking good. So this takes place ten years later. He's healed up from his burns. Um, he <clears throat> actually the movie comes in with him killing that guy, escaping from the hospital. Okay. We cut to 10 years later. He is, uh, he's out of the picture as of yet. We cut into Taylor, who's the main mm-hmm. final girl from the end. Uh, she's now married to Doc Holleran, who is. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Uh, it's weird. What's the age gap married. there? It's a very big age gap, but they kind of came together after the events of the last one. So and Doc Holleran is, uh, is. Uh, Freddy Krueger. We've Correct. got um, Robert England. So she switches careers at this point. She decides she's going to be a counselor. She wants to help kids, uh, you know, kind of stay out of the bad path. Yeah. Uh, which leads you to being murdered. So A murderer or, or killed. <laughs> so she works with troubled teens. Um, they're going to take a retreat to a camp, which I feel like Leslie Vernon belongs at a camp killing people. Dude, get him there. So it turns out that Leslie Vernon, where he kind of retired to, lives damn close to this fucking camp where the kids are going to retreat. Uh, I can imagine that you can imagine how this is going to turn out. So what's funny about this is this is also a found footage type film uh, where Taylor is also she's she's riding fresh off the Home Alone remake she did in 2015. Uh, so. <laughs> You remember she's from Home yes. Alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So anyways, so she's doing like a video. Uh, they're doing a video of her and the kids for this retreat getting ready to go out. Uh, you know, they're going to film it. They're going to kind of um, 
do a little video diary of everybody and working through their shit, you know, what kids do, I guess. Uh, so in the meantime, Leslie is doing a little selfie video. Now, Leslie Vernon now has graduated from, like, anything else, like the little fucking hatchet. Now he's got his selfie stick. And that's almost more dangerous. Because oh. now we see him prepping, preparing to get back in the game. He's been out 10 years. So he is the entity that's providing the found footage for Correct. himself. He's doing much. his own footage. Self-documentary. Yep. I dig it, yeah. Uh, so he knows that there's this fucking camp nearby, and he knows there's kids on the way, and this is kind of his plan now. You know, I'm going to have my fucking Jason uh, Voorhees moment. Little does he know it's Taylor coming back. He has no idea. So she gets there with the kids. He kind of stumbles upon the fact that it's her, and then the rest is, uh, you know, fucking gruesome mayhem, and it's going to be a, a good fucking time. Okay. I dig it, man. I really dig it. And I like the uh, exact year that you give that it comes out, too. Yeah, it's got to be... It had to be 10 years uh, later. But the best part is the very end of this movie, the ending credits, they kind of do a little blast to uh, Jason Voorhees Part 6, Friday oh, 13 nice. Part 6, and they do Man Behind the Mask by Alice Cooper. I for sure thought that was going to be your song, actually. Well, it is. This could be a trilogy, so they kind of tackle the haunted house environment in the first one, right? Yes. A little bit, like farmhouse, haunted sure. house. Sure, yep. So now we're talking camps. So what, you know, the trilogy could be what? Um, on a boat? Was I mean, a boat, a boat is boat? a perfect, yeah. perfect place as any, um, or we could get Leslie to the city. Leslie I was Vernon actually thinking uh, one of the later ones, like maybe Manhattan. part five, Taylor now loses her fucking mind and now she's the fucking killer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the possibilities are endless here. Full circle at that point. Also, I think... In, he becomes a reporter, and then he's, like, reporting <laughs> her. <laughs> in real life, I know that... Um, I can't... Do you recall the uh, actor's name that plays Leslie Vernon? I, I mean, I, I do know it. It's... Uh, I know he's very, very... Nathan Basil. Yeah. He's into doing a part two, he and really I know is, there's yeah. been a lot of conversation around it. So I... In all seriousness, really fucking hope this happens. Also, Nathan, because we're sure you're listening, uh, just push this premise. It'll be fun. Yeah, and we would love to have we'll you, on the, you show. on the show. Bob. Yeah. All right, cool. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, do you want me to jump into my next one? Go on in. Okay. So I'm going to go to 1987 to a film called The Monster Squad. Ooh. when you have ghosts but who do you call when you have monsters we're the monster squad what's a squad it's like miami vice i think they're young and inexperienced naughty virgin they're a bit disorganized monsters are not real we don't know that sir two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves but when strange things start happening in town this movie, I fucking love Monster Squad so much. Um, I'll get a Monster Squad tattoo. Yeah. If I have three friends who might want to get them with me. Dude. So, directed by Fred Decker, starring 
um, Andre Gower, Robbie Kiger, Tom fuck Tom Noonan's in this um, from House of the Devil uh, and yeah, X Files. Uh, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't realize that until today when I was prepping for this episode. I didn't realize that was him. He got a ton of makeup you on. Should have known. He's clearly a gentle soul. Dude, uh, I actually have some notes about that, but so. Um, basic wrap up of this film though is a young group of monster fanatics um, they have to t- save their hometown from Count Dracula and his crew of monsters his monster cronies yeah so this is this movie okay so it integrates a very traditional sense of horror by reintroducing the universal monsters from the the 50s and 60s into um, the late 80s which is fantastic right dude it really is and what's funny is I watched this as a kid and I it look, was my introduction to, to well, the Universal Monsters. So th- this legitimately is like the original boy band, this this film. <laughs> I'm not fucking around because yeah. like it because we we did that episode with um, uh, with our buddy Michael Potter and we talked about ensemble casts and horror films and like this is the quintessential ensemble cast, right? Oh yeah, for you got, sure. Got your bad boy Rudy. Um, you know you've got the sister. I think her name's Phoebe. Uh, the, the whole the whole fucking crew though and they all have their the the chowder type character from yeah yeah you know that was monster house yeah been played a million times like in monster house just so good just so good um and i i to your point about i wish i had three friends to share this with like instead of the face that launched a thousand ships this movie i think is the face that launched a thousand friendships because like i and when we were talking to fucking um anthony uh, Petri, yeah, he was like, "Oh no, like uh, not all my friends loved horror, but like everyone loved Monster Squad. It made people like want to have these compounds, these like tight friendships where you all had some sort of like synergistic purpose." And yeah. this movie is so good at doing that. And the fucking Stephen King rules T-shirt, like, I'm 33 and I have that T-shirt in my drawer right now. And if I get a hole in it tomorrow, I'm gonna buy a new one. Yep. Um. And again, I think this is a very early on meta film that, again, is very self-aware and it takes these universal monsters and puts them in a suburban environment. You know, you you get out of Transylvania, you get out of uh, Europe and it's just kind of fun. Um, And I think that there are some incredible one-liners in here. that are very relevant to the time and the music so the, is so the banter good too. between the kids is so fucking good but i had a couple lines i wanted to uh, read off real quick one was from rudy he says where am i supposed to find silver bullets kmart and you know since kmart's out of business now it's like that'll eternally be uh one of those things you just look at at our age and it's like man that's that's for me you know yeah. um and he says, oh, that creature stole my Twinkie <laughs> at 1.2. And again, just like so rooted, rooted in its time. But that's one of the, the one of my favorite montages. Oh, dude. Oh, just I, I just adore this movie. Yeah. And I feel so, uh, so much affection toward it. Um, For sure. Beyond just what you're looking at. It's like it's what you're feeling. Uh, but we're going to talk about the sequel that never was. And um, it's called Monster Squad 2, The Ancient Relic. Oh, God. The tagline for this film is, Friendships never die, but friends do. Getting a little darker. All right, so, this is the premise of the film. So, Rudy, 
Horace, Sean, Patrick, Phoebe, and Eugene all remain in the hometown that they grew up in. Okay. Okay. And we're, and we're going 25 years later. Um, and this is after the experience they had where they were, you know, forced to fight the original Universal Monsters, right? So they all have children now, and they all live in the the same hometown, and their children are friends with one another. Um, and lifelong friends and now horror dads, uh, Sean and Patrick, who are like the two main kids. Do they run a podcast? They don't. They They, should. they own a treehouse design installation and maintenance company oh right damn yeah i put a lot of thought into this and they have the the little kid like the little shit eugene um he's their assistant he's like their parts runner um and they've got this affable you know hefty friend who actually turned out to be like pretty handsome horace you know he was the chubby kid in the movie but horace teaches at the local community college and is actually married to phoebe who's like the kid's sister um and the subject that Horace teaches at this community college is, it's related to archaeology, ancient worlds, and ancient artifacts. Okay. Okay. So this is all centered around Horace. Real quick, sorry. This is modern day as well? Yes. Okay. Yep. 2021. So it's 25 years after the, you know, HBO original Max film. release. Yes. Love it. So. I would watch, I like, I would be texting you about this <laughs> if this came out. Like, oh, dude, I know. We're watching it. So. So the film establishes, though, when Horace, who's now teaching, you know, college curriculum on ancient artifacts. Yep. He is so at he's a, like Indiana Jones now. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Or like uh, Nicolas Cage from, uh, you know. National Treasure. National yeah. Treasure. <laughs> Handsome, like, middle-aged man now. Just, yeah. like, teaching archaeology. So he's at a trade conference in Germany for work, okay? Okay. Jesus, John. And he gets his hands <laughs> oh, on an, an ancient ring that was rumored to originate from Transylvania oh. and be in Dracula's family. Okay. okay. So instead of leaving well enough alone, he makes a little bid on this and he says, I want to study it. I'm going to bring it back to the university. So he brings it home with him. And then trouble ensues. And not even their friend, who's town sheriff, Rudy, the badass kid, he's now sheriff of the town. <laughs> he can't save them from this trouble. And all of the adults need to get bailed out from the kids so the kids have to bind together um because this ancient ring brings back all the universal monsters and uh the kids are you know forced to save their parents the monsters are target like strictly targeting the parents yeah the old yeah because they're gang. fucking pissed they're yeah, back they're yeah. like oh your band's back together so is ours and then i kind of cast a few kids i thought that would be good uh to be in this so if we had Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things... I think Maybe she, just the cast of Stranger Things. I mean, realistically, <laughs> like... <laughs> I'd watch that. But uh, there's that kid, Archie Yates, who was in that Jojo Rabbit movie. Um, he's like a chubby kid. He's got those round glasses on. I think okay. he'd be uh, perfect for being Horace's son. Um, and then that Elsie uh, Fisher kid that was in Castle Rock. Um, and then the kid that was in uh, the 2019 version of Child's Play I thought would be a good, good person in the mix, too. Yeah. Uh, but the song that has to uh, come back from the original film into this one is Rock Until You Drop, um, which, Jamie, I know you... That's the one, yeah. I think you brush your teeth to it every morning. I honestly, I yeah. could and I would.
But that's uh that's Rock until you drop <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh and that song's amazing. Until and... your heart stops. Yep. 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 I don't I really don't remember the words. Okay. That's right, my so, second pick. Great pick, buddy. I would watch the shit out of that. I just hope it wouldn't be too much like too kiddish. You know what I mean? No, it won't be. The tagline is a, what? Remakes have a tendency to do that, though. What's the tagline, though? Tagline was like... Friendships never die, but friends do. Friendships never die, but friends do. I love yeah. it, yeah. It's dark. Really dark. All right, my uh, my tagline's going to be a little more lighthearted. All right, so my movie is the remake. Not, not, not remake, I'm sorry. The sequel. This only comes out a couple years after the original. The Stuff. If the stuff is in your house, do not eat it. If you have it on your shelves, do not sell it. If you distribute this material, close your doors, make no more sales. My movie is going to be called The Stuff 2. Double stuffed. <laughs> I mean, you have to. You, you have, have to. to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an Oreo package, but instead of Oreo, it says the stuff. Yeah. It, the other the other tagline was going to be, um, same great taste, like new look, same great taste. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, that was going to be the other one, but fuck that. All right. The tagline I went with was, mo tasty, mo addictive. All right. <laughs> Do you remember how the main character, yeah, yeah. his name is Mo? Yeah. And uh, he'll tell people, like, you can call me Mo because if there's money involved, I want Mo. <laughs> and he, like, uses that as a pickup line at one point and it worked. And I was like, what? And that everyone, worked? Yeah. Everyone's kind of like, oh, okay. Well. Yeah. She got, like, hey, uh, she, like, tells her assistant, like, hey, get a dress ready because I'm going on a date with this smooth motherfucker. All right, so the original is about this very tasty substance bubbling up from the ground. Some railroad workers at the beginning of the movie discover this. Uh, it's almost like, you know, oil or something bubbling up from the earth. Yeah. And this guy, for some reason, gets in his mind he should taste it. So he does, and he's like, well, damn, this is tasty. Gets his buddy over there. Taste this, guy. And he's like, no, I'm not eating this off your finger. But he does. And he's like, well, that is delicious. So they decide they can sell it. Um, so they sell it almost as like a yogurt, frozen yogurt, ice cream substitute. It's yeah. It's like almost like a Cool Whip or something, but like yeah. people are fucking eating this shit in droves. Like they eat it for breakfast, they eat it as a snack. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be a dessert, but these fucking people can't get enough. And imagine like in the 80s when consumerism was like at its like fucking peak. Yeah. Like, oh, new, new item. Give and me that And that's what shit. this is. It's all about like, I know we were laughing about Oreos, but like it's capitalism it's consumerism yes. it's the it's a it's a, a narrative about how we allow ourselves to be run by you know mass consumption and yeah. mass corporate marketing. advertising yeah and, exactly yeah, sure uh so anyways this this substance is it's an alien fucking life form essentially that fucking takes over people and eventually kills them and turns them into like monsters but the sequel is going to be Essentially the same stuff. This essentially picks up right where the last one left off, essentially. Uh, the leftover cases, if you remember the the end of the first one, um, there's, like, some fucking kids that, like, have, like, a truckload full of it, you know, and they're, like, selling it on the black market, and the dude's, like, tasting yeah. it like Coke. Like, yeah, no, it's numb on my lips. We're good. Yeah. 
Uh, so the the new one picks up right where that one left off. The leftover cases are being sold on the black market. They're kind of going everywhere. Mo and the kid Jason from the first one, those are kind of the two left at the end there standing. Um, well, he had a girl with him, but like she stayed in her hometown and, you know, did yeah. her journalism thing. Uh, so she succeeded there. But they go on a crusade to track down all of the remaining cartons of fucking the stuff. So that's just like what they, that's what this movie deals with. It's nothing too complex. It's pretty, uh, pretty much just Mo going around doing his, like, cause you know, he's a very personable guy. Like everything he says is kind of funny. Yeah. And, um, it almost like the, the original almost has like that noir feel where he, you know, he's going around and interviewing people and discussing this with it. More of the fucking same here because. But people want more. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah. You Especially just, when you've been waiting this fucking long. You, you want know? Mo. You want Mo. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much it. He has to deal with like street gangs and street toughs that are like, yeah, hey, you know, you can't take much stuff. Uh, so, so he's on the fucking rough streets trying to get all the stuff out of there. Yeah. That's it. The song is the same fucking song. Can't get enough of the stuff. The street is here now. Great new day sensation. Light and free now. But to elevation. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of the stuff. The stuff, the taste that makes you hungry for more. The stuff, taste that delivers. This premise is not far off from what's that movie we watched? Um, that uh, our buddy Chris Groflo selected um, with the guy with Dead Meat. Was that the one uh, with the big guy on the front with the middle finger? With the, like, very deformed face? Yeah. And I think that the premise of that was, like, there was a, uh, I feel like it was alcohol or something like grain alcohol or something <laughs> in the town that yeah, yeah. The people were brewing, but it was, like, turning them into, like, fleshy It was zombies. something of that yeah. dead meat or something. And that was Peter Jackson, right? And yeah, that, yeah. It was, like, one of his very first. And I think that came out years and years before this, so I think that was sort sure. of the preamble to this yeah. whole concept. Um, and that was very, very low budget. Cool. I dig it. Like, I, I would... I feel like of the the three we've covered so far, like, I'm going to see all these movies. Yeah. Going to see everyone. The stuff came to me kind of late in life. Or four. I love that. We've covered movie. four. Yeah. We've got two left. Yep. All right. Yeah. I feel like that came to me later in life, too. Yeah. But worth it. Definitely worth Honestly, it. the streaming uh, has changed horror, the horror game. I think that's why you see such an influx of horror lovers now because, like, so much stuff is so just accessible now. Yeah. You know, like, um, kids nowadays watching Night of the Comet or even The Stuff. And it's like, how do you even know about it? It's like, well, I came across on Amazon. Yeah. You know, it's fucking amazing. Or, like, kids, like, getting into Twin Peaks right now. Yeah, like, no, that's right. That's a fascinating yeah. idea. And, uh, you know, we talk about it left and right, but X-Files, too. Like, kids nowadays, yeah. like, fucking, like, 20-year-olds watching the X-Files. And it's like... Keep watching, you, you kids. Had, yeah, you had no idea. You're going to learn a lot. Yeah, it's fucking great. I agree. All right, so I am heading to another Fred Decker film. He also, you know, yep. just he just did Monster Squad, and uh, we're heading to 1986. Um, to Night of the Creeps. Ooh. The night of the fall is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. 
but tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you. All right, so before I talk about our sequel, let me talk a little bit about the original. Great pick here, buddy. Yeah, this movie is fantastic. Uh, starring Jason Lively, Tom Adkins, our buddy, uh, in Jill Whitlow, who is, is she's beautiful. And I feel like she only did, like, a couple of movies. I think this Ugh. was, like, one of the only ones she did. Honestly, like, she had to start, like, there had to be man crushes everywhere on her. Yeah, for sure. Um, but basically, this movie is about these alien brain parasites um, that enter humans through the mouth basically they climb in their mouths um and they turn their host into like a, a zombie um so it's kind of like a hybrid between a zombie film and a creature feature which is pretty neat um they're like little slugs yeah they're like getting in yeah and I, I love that about this movie because it's very um you know it's very in that creature feature sort of uh mentality and we love you know the creature feature element of horror so uh, part of why I picked this, but the onset of this film I think is really cool because so it starts um, in that fucking like with those like alien baby <laughs> babies right yes. running around that starship. Um, that's such a weird fucking beginning. It, it really is, but it cuts from that to a scene um, in the 1950s, right? So not only does this film encapsulate the 80s incredibly well, but it also encapsulates the 50s incredibly well in that establishing shot. It does, yeah. Um, so you've got like the doo-wop, poodle skirt, like like the whole vibe, like cars that are made just of metal and like these big, like clunky convertibles. Um, and you, you feel like you're in the fucking 50s. It's black and white for the uh, introduction. And there's that like real gruesome uh, intro where the girlfriend gets killed off. Um, so it's really creative how they sort of weave through the, the 50s into the 80s. Yes. Um, and then once you head into the 80s, it's like legitimately one of the most perfect back-to-school sort of college environment kind of films. And it's a, it's a ton of fucking fun. There are these frat parties going on. There You have different nerds. You have different jocks. You have different, um, you know, just all these different character types uh, that are so representative of the 80s which was really cool to see one of my favorite movies yeah i dude. just love the the that whole fucking beginning the interaction between the two main dudes oh, and, their uh, friendship is so yeah it you feel the pulse of it it's very very palpable you and really it's, it's great um and it's comforting and it's authentic and it's very it's very genuine so i wonder if tom adkins performance in this is his own brilliance or if it's the direction of fred decker um but he plays probably this. a little bit of both, to be honest. I dude, I totally agree. Um, but I feel like if I was a director and Tom Atkins walked in and be like, "Hey, Tom, just do you, bro. Yeah, just do you, bud." But he's he's this like hard boiled cop that dealt with the trauma from that scene in the fifties, you know. And he's like, he's the you know he's the fucking he's the guy like he's the the heartbeat of this film. He's the center of it. Um, so it his character is amazing. Um, and the scenes in the beginning with the scientists, like when they're, uh, you know, when that infection's happening and they're trying to like play the prank and all that shit's going on, like it's very comedic. Um, 
And there are some elements of, like, it actually being scary, but, like, it's more like this movie just makes you feel good. It's funny. Uh, and, again, all environment-based. It's It feels great. Um, and to be honest with you, I feel like this fucking movie is what launched you and I into our our realization of our obsession with 80s horror specifically because... Do you remember when we, where we were when we first saw this movie? I do. Chicago. We yep. were like scrolling through uh, movies we could rent. And we rented this movie. And I remember posting something about it on Instagram. And Cavity Colors um, replied to it. And then we started getting obsessed with Cavity Colors. And this thing that we always loved immensely blossomed into a thing that we loved more immensely in a more fanatical sort of way. And now we have a horror podcast. So... Yeah, this movie essentially launched it. Yep, sure did. But uh, you know, much like much much like Monster Squad, which came out the year after this, it's very self-aware and um, doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's fun and it's just generally enjoyable. So, the sequel, Night of the Creeps Two: Horror University. That's the name of it. Horror U. Got it. Um. The tagline to this film is, get your PhD in death. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, there is a 2000... What, what year is this? Uh, I just did all mine like modern day. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. There is a 2007 film, by the way, called Zombie Town. And then there was like an unofficial tagline where they refer to it as Night of the Creeps 2. So I almost was like, oh, fuck, there was a sequel I never even knew about. Um, which is about like this local mechanic who's like, I didn't, I've not seen this. I was just reading about it. Uh, but it's about a local mechanic who's like, just gets messed up by these parasite things that transform the people in the town into, uh, hordes of zombies. Hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's a very similar pre- uh, premise, but Fred Decker acknowledged like, this is not the sequel to my film. I don't want it to be, and um, he has stated he wants to do a remake or um, a sequel. I would love for him to, but he better hurry up because Tom's got to be in it. Tom has to be in it. So here is my my premise. Okay, let's go. Cynthia from the original. She's the love interest from Rusty from. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, fucking guy, yeah. So Cynthia is the love interest. Um, she teaches physical therapy at Corman University, which is where the first film took place. Okay. And she teaches physical therapy on account of the fact that her late husband, her husband who just died, who's the guy from the first one. So he's not in this cause he died. Rusty died. Rusty died. Good. Because I'll be honest with you. The reason I wouldn't want a sequel to this movie is because I assumed it would the premise would revolve around him. Well, it doesn't, buddy. And he's probably my least favorite guy. In the, <clears throat> the person we really want back is Cynthia. So yes. she's yeah. here. So is she married to Tom Atkins at this point? No. She's oh, a widower. Or a widow. So Cynthia teaches physical therapy at Corman University. Um, but her late husband's best friend, JC, who was the um, uh, person that had the issue in the first one with his legs... Um, they both spent their life dedicated toward physical therapy because they had such a close friend who died untimely at a very young age in the first film. Uh, so it led them to a life of trying to help others that had physical disability. Okay. So Cynthia teaches the physical therapy at Corman University. Um, 
her husband who had died also worked for the university and he, he passed mysteriously and he was working, um, uh, for research and development, um, in biomedical warfare. Okay. Hmm. So he was working for the university in biomedical warfare. He dies off. Uh, she's now a widow, but they have a son. Okay. Their son's a student at this same university. Obviously he got a full ride probably cause his parents both, you know, taught there. Um, but he's like real selfish and angsty about the fact that his dad just died. So he's got this like fucked up relationship with his mom, um, all over his father's death. And he's got this really beautiful girlfriend who's very supportive, but like her patience is wearing thin cause he's being an angsty prick about the fact that his dad died. Right. So, um, Cynthia has been asked to fill in on this research project that her husband was working on. And she's really reluctant to do it, but Tom Adkins is also in the program. Mm. And she knows if she joins that she might find answers to what happened to her husband. Needless to say, this project, this research project, is linked to this parasite Mm. that infects Mm. people. Someone leaves a door open. The whole university gets fucked. Oh, my God. So it's up to the kid um, and his girlfriend to, you know, resolve things, figure it out, save everybody. So this is this movie's gonna uh, star Jill Whitlow, who's Cynthia in the original. Yep. Um, and I thought the son could be uh, Joe Keery, the kid that plays uh, Steve in Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be good. And then um, I didn't find a love interest for him, but like maybe like Chloe Chloe Moretz. We were just talking about she mm-hmm. she would be a good one. She's a badass. Um, but uh, the song for this film that I picked that would be involved in it is a song called All You Zombies by a band called The Hooters uh, from back in 1987. All right, so that was very well thought out and uh, planned out. Mine is the exact opposite of that. Mine is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Part 2. Clowns Take Manhattan. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. You see that? Something different. Star shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? Oh, goddamn. Yeah, fuck you, Jason. I mean, let's hear about it. Here's the tagline. There's not much to tell about this movie. Here's the tagline. In the Big Apple... Nobody has time to clown around. <laughs> With a K, of course. Uh, so this is uh, all new characters, but all the same clowns. Yep. More cotton candy, more cotton candy cocoons, and more popcorn bla- blasters. Um, it's essentially them just running around. There's going to be a scene uh, where, because there's a scene that's very similar between uh, 
Killer Clowns and Jason Takes Manhattan when Julius gets his head fucking punched off. Dude, there is. That scene in, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to recreate that fucking Knock my block off. Knock my block off. We're going to recreate that. This comes out in 1990, which is a year after Jason Takes Manhattan. So essentially, this is the Killer Clown's way of saying, we're going to do this fucking better. Okay. Uh, So that's what it is. They go, they fucking land their big top uh, spaceship in the city. Everyone just kind of thinks it's a Where does it land? Central Park? Yeah, Yeah. somewhere. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Or Battery Park, maybe, over by where... Or even in Times Square. Somewhere where it's just, like, very populated and people are like, I'm going in here. This is a fucking great New York City attraction. Yeah. Uh, So they go in and fucking... uh, That's essentially what it is. They start cocooning people instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And the city is overrun by these fucking clowns and it's a good fucking time. And, uh, you know, the subways, uh, there's just actual... Whole fucking train cars cocooned. You oh, know? dude! Yeah, you I'm go down there. The it looks like a fucking like spider nest, but with cotton candy. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, and uh, since Jason takes Manhattan was such like a disappointment to fans, this was their way of saying like we're gonna give you something to fucking really watch in the city. Yeah. Okay, I dig it. So that's pretty much it, man. What? Um, any song in this one? Hmm. Same song. Is someone going to cover it or same? They might update it to have more of an urban feel rather than. Right. Something going on. Well, I mean, I'm in on this. Okay. So of these six, let's talk. Let's do this. Of the six that we created, which do you think would have the most commercial success? Hmm. Which of these is going to make the most amount of money? All right. So we had my three, the killer clowns. The stuff too, and back. I, I don't think any of mine are gonna have huge commercial success. So I've got Monster Squad. I've got. Um... And you have to think too. Mine are coming out. Mine aren't as modern. Like Behind the Mask is 2016. Mm. So I've got Night of the Creeps two. I've got Intruder two, and I've got Monster Squad. I would say of the six, Monster Squad is gonna be your biggest draw. That's gonna be our blockbuster. Yeah. Yep. Our summer. Um, Summer attraction, I think so too, because I think of these that probably have the has the most like non yeah horror fanatic yeah. crowd yeah yep. good for kids too. Like the horror fanatics, of course, love it. Yeah, but but people outside of those circles love it as well. Okay, which of these is going to have the most cult following to it? Um, that's a good one. Probably Killer Clowns. I think so too. Although Night of the Creeps is up there. Yeah, and I think Intruder 2, people are going to be like, there's an Intruder 1. Well, to be honest, yeah, yeah, that's probably the less known, <laughs> yeah. the least known of all. Yep. What uh, what runners-up did you have? I was, oh, dude, so there were a bunch. But uh, actually, I was thinking maybe we could do a follow-up bonus episode for Patreon, maybe, with our runners-up. Do you want to... have to go as in-depth. You want to list some of them now, and then we can... I mean, we could. Uh, so, one I was thinking of was Dead Silence. Yeah. Uh, with Jason Stackhouse. Stackhouse! Yeah. Yeah. I, I fucking love that movie. Uh, Donnie do Wahlberg can't be in it, unless we did a prequel. Uh, but that's not going to work, so... It's got a lot of brothers, so we can just get another one. For sure. Any other Wahlberg except Mark will do. 
Hi, I'm Kevin Wahlberg. You haven't heard of me, but I'm Donnie's younger brother. <laughs> I'm the one that makes the burgers. Yeah. Um, also, I I would have loved to have seen a sequel. We could have just kept going with the thing. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. You know. I mean, McCready could have had to fly somebody back. Like, I don't want to do this, but uh, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'd say something dumb like "You're paying the money, Doc. I'm flying." <laughs> um, and then uh, trick or treat is a classic like I the thing the reason I didn't pick it is because I didn't f- feel like I had the time to recreate an hey, anthology. anthology film yeah but just coming up with one premise is enough I don't want to have to do a whole anthology here yeah, but for sure those were the ones off the top of my head that would have been great fucking uh, franchises um so I had a few as well uh House of Wax I thought would be a good one yeah dude um, so good but apparently like I was doing some research, and it looks like they are doing a sequel, but you never know mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, so there's definitely been some discussion around it, at the very least. So House of Wax was up there for me, and then initially I was like really in the mode of picking a Hitchcock film, yeah, because I know Hitchcock himself was so against the idea of sequels. Sure. Um, so they actually had to wait until he died to start making the Psycho sequels. Yep. Uh, however... I guess so. I was gonna pick the birds, and then in doing research, I found out there is a sequel to the birds. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. I haven't seen it, um, so now I gotta watch it. But and then I was like, can I do a Rear Window sequel? Which is probably my favorite. Disturbia has already been done. But then I was like, it's been remade so many times. Yeah. Like, does that does that even count? So, um, so yeah, that was my thing. What uh, about the burbs? And then I was thinking about the burbs as well, uh, and I was actually talking to Brittany about it tonight, and she was like, what, you're not doing that? And I was like, I should. Um, new neighbors, new problems. Yeah, or like, burbs take Manhattan. No, the herbs. <laughs> yeah. It's called the herbs, and it takes place in the city. Um, and another one, a creature feature that I like that we, I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast yet, was uh, Slither, I thought would be fun, yeah. because... Yeah. Like creature that, features. That one doesn't get talked about a lot in general. No. We watched that all together in Kent, I remember. Yeah. Katie's old apartment. But those, I think creature features are easy to resuscitate because, like, sure. it's just the creature that you can put in a different environment. And yep. I think it can, could continue the saga, so. Yeah, I thought about the blob as well. Well, good, man. This was fun. I'm, I'm glad we did this topic. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of fun. Um, so we've got uh, some good stuff on the docket. Um, I guess we can announce maybe what our next episode is going to be. Yeah, do it. Um, because we're gonna, actually going to focus on one film for this next episode, and we're going to have the director on from the film and a couple of the cast members. So if you've not heard of or seen the film The Hex, um, it's a South African uh, horror film. has some serious like uh, skeleton key sort of vibes. Um Rain, uh, I believe Rain Swart is her name. Yeah, yeah. She uh, is the director of the film. She was also in um, uh, Triggered. She uh, she starred in Trigger and she um, directed this. I think this was her debut, and it's it's really fucking great. It's very intelligent. It's tense, um, and I feel again much like Triggered. They didn't have a huge budget. Uh, that this movie feels a lot bigger uh, than it probably was um, in terms of you know budget and it's beautifully shot it looks great great photography so we're really looking forward to that uh interview yeah hex was a uh, really interesting movie 
yeah give it a peek a lot of fun yeah check it out and um hit us up on social media we'd love to hear from you guys and we've got a lot more fun content coming your way so thanks for listening we love you guys bye guys <laughs>